Hello and welcome back to my Built to Thrive podcast. Now, if you heard yesterday's episode, you will know that all this week I'm looking at inflammation and the role it plays in your current health and your risk of getting ill in the future. And then I guess most importantly, what you can do to help bring levels of inflammation down in your body. And today, I want to start off by mentioning something called vitamin D and why it's such a powerful and cheap tool for anyone who wants to improve their immune health. Now, you may well have heard vitamin D being referred to as the sunshine vitamin, and that's basically because ideally, we would get all of our vitamin D from sunlight. Although because of the way many of us live these days, we're indoors a lot, we're not outside that much, many of us are not getting enough. Now, although sunlight is the primary source, you can also get it from foods like oily fish, red meats, and egg yolks, as well as some modern fortified breakfast cereals. The thing is though, it's very likely that you're not getting enough. Many of us these days have sub-optimal levels of vitamin D. Particularly if, like me, we live in the Northern Hemisphere, our cold, long, dark winters mean that we can be exposed to very little sunlight for a lot of the year, and Having low levels of vitamin D can be a big problem because it's a very important vitamin. In fact, many of us consider it to be more like a hormone. You may have heard that vitamin D helps to keep bones and our teeth healthy. And yes, that's true. But it also has a very important role to play in helping our immune systems to work well. A little while ago, the British Medical Journal published a huge analysis of 25 randomized controlled trials, which showed that regularly supplementing with vitamin D reduced the risk of getting an acute chest infection. Well, why is that? Well, there's kind of many reasons, but many studies have found that vitamin D can reduce inflammation that's caused by T cells. Now, what are T cells? They're a type of white blood cell which helps our body fight infection. Now, sometimes T-cells can cause significant inflammation in our bodies, particularly in the lungs. And that's why vitamin D's anti-inflammatory effect seems to work so well in things like chest infections. If you want to make sure you get enough vitamin D, the general advice for those who live in the Northern Hemisphere is to sit outside with your arms and lower legs exposed in the sunshine at least three times a week for about 20 minutes without any sun protection on your skin. Of course, I don't want you to burn your skin, but it's really important that you get some level of sun exposure on your skin without any sun cream on, because if the sun cream is on, it blocks how much vitamin D we're gonna make after being exposed to that sun. In the winter, I think for many of us, it's advisable that we take an over-the-counter supplement to make sure our levels stay topped up. And it's also important to remember, let's say in the UK, which is where I live, we can only really make good levels of vitamin D from being exposed to sunlight between May and the end of September. So even if we're getting a lot of sun, let's say on a cold winter January's day, we're probably not going to be making enough vitamin D. Now, the next thing I want to mention is something that became really popular in Finland, a nation that actually doesn't get much opportunity to get that much vitamin D from sunlight. But what I'm about to share is something the people of Finland have been doing instinctively for hundreds of years to help bolster their immune system. 
Now, Finns love a sauna. In a country with just over 5 million people, there are 2 to 3 million saunas. The Finns love to spend time warming themselves up in a hot sauna, followed by a freezing dip in cold water or a spell spent outside in the freezing cold air. Well, they're practicing hot and cold therapy, heating up the body and keeping it there for a while until they sweat and then cooling down rapidly, which keeps the heat in. So what is this actually doing to their immune systems? Well, for a bug, let's say a virus to overtake our body and infect us, it kind of has to overpower the immune system. And in the process, it raises levels of inflammation. However, if we can support and enhance our immune system before that bug takes over, we might be able to stop it. Now, hot and cold therapy is something that does this using our own bodies without the need for any medication. And this is how we think it works. Our immune systems create something called interferon. Interferon activates our innate immune response and helps a type of cell called our natural killer cells get to work. As our body temperature goes up, the amount of interferon that's made goes up as well. So by heating our bodies up, we're helping our bodies kill the invading virus. This is something that has been practiced for years, and in many ways, it's this old ancient wisdom that modern medicine sometimes forgets. The good news is that you don't need a sauna at home to do hot and cold therapy. All you need is some hot towels and perhaps a tub of hot water to put your feet in or a hot bath. Now, Roger said to me that ideally you want to cover yourself in these towels and put your feet in the hot water until you sweat. He said ideally 20 minutes or so. And then what you want to do is put cold towels across your body for about five minutes. And he says that if you do this within the first few days of beginning to feel ill, it should help your immune system fight the infection. Remember, this is within the first few days. It may not work as well if the infection has taken hold and you're feeling really, really sick. So how does holding cold therapy sound to you? Is it something you could try today? As always, I would love to know how you get on. And if, you know, the 20 minutes and five minutes feels like too much, it could be that at the end of your hot shower, you try one minute of cold or even 10 seconds of cold and build up. So see how you get on, see what's going to work for you in your life. And tomorrow, we're going to be looking at how stress affects inflammation and crucially, what you can do about it. I'll see you then.